Own Your Creativity, episode 43. Feeling free. And it gave me this freedom, this free sense of who I am, that I could be more than just a little box. And I could be anyone I wanted to be. I mean, to an extent, I I have to be me. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to be talking to Sophia Wren today. She helps writers and creatives that are ready to get themselves out there in a bigger way who want to make faster progress and reach more people. She guides them to get comfortable being seen for who they truly are and to expose their work and message to more people. She provides writers and creatives with intuitive, practical support to help them reach their creative goals. Sophia has been writing daily since 2009 and has helped dozens of writers start and maintain writing practices. Her work is featured in online magazines such as Quantum Success Magazine and Silent Voices UK. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be able to talk with you and, you know, hear more about what it is that you do and why it is that you started writing daily back in 2009. So what what do you do and why do you do it? Sure. Um, I just, I really love the people that I work with. Um, I think that drives me so much, just wanting to be useful and helpful to really cool women, mostly, um, who are really complicated and (laughs) who are creative and have all these ideas and maybe they also run a business and there's all these branches or all these projects and it's just like, oh, how do you do that? And then seeing really cool people, um, you know, just really not being seen as much as they could, not really showing up online or it's like, oh, I think this person's so awesome, but they're not getting comments or, you know, just really wanting to see women shine um, drives me a lot. And I used to be an assistant manager um, for a couple of business owners in real life. And now I do a lot of work um, online. But what started me writing kind of happened right at the end of college. Um, I have been working as a, you know, assistant manager on the side a little bit. And I was really trying to figure out what do I do with my life? And um, writing was really something I came to in a lot of pain and a lot of um, confusion and angst over like, what am I doing with my life? And who am I? And it became kind of an anchor for me to every day have this practice that was always the same kind of gave me a sense of um, check, I'm doing something right. (laughs) At least I'm doing this. And, and then of course, you know, it's, it's, you learn so much about yourself when you write and you learn so much about yourself as you create and it's very healing. It's just a beautiful unfolding process and it's never over. So there's always new things to learn. And, and I think learning is really fun. So it's brought me back to myself and I, I love sharing that gift with other people too. And you mentioned earlier that, that you like working with uh, people, particularly women, they seem to have uh, really full, maybe complicated lives. And, yes. And what do you think it is about women that we have such complicated lives? Or do you think that it, it's it's both men and women? Or do you see that there's a difference? 
Well, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think on some level, everyone's probably pretty complicated, but um, there is something about women. I I think the people I tend to work with tend to be givers. And for those of us who really like to um, be in relationship with other people or who like to, um, you know, surprise somebody by putting on another hat and helping them with this thing too, um, I think it becomes like we have more motivation to be playing lots of roles in our life and to be doing lots of things with lots of people. And maybe it's because we are more vocal about, um, you know, sharing with people that maybe a lot of, you know, the stoic masculine doesn't have that as much. So Mm -hmm. I think it has something to do with that. But then of course it's just, yeah, especially if someone becomes, um, I don't personally have kids, but a lot of my clients do, or their dogs are like their kids or like their businesses are like their kids. And there's sort of that mothering mode right. that I think puts us, puts a lot of pressure on women and really um, makes life a little bit more uh, beautifully complicated. <laughs> so when people come to you, how do you help them navigate some of that complication? Sure. Well, um, I think it kind of relates to my vision of creativity where I really feel like everything is created first as an idea and everything is first sort of in an energy mode and then it becomes a physical physical form. Like you get the idea to make the sandwich, then you go and you make the sandwich and then it's a physical thing you can eat and um, everything begins that way. So I spent a lot of time with that very first um, conceptual piece with people and it's really important to me that everything's a win-win and everything is in alignment with how we want it to feel in the end. Like how, like, what is this thing? Why do you want to, why do you want to create this? Whether it's a book or a program, um, I kind of get people's big visions first, like even before I start working with people just to make sure I fit in it, you know, cause I might not. Um, and so then I like to get a sense of what does this all feel like? And I tap into what I call creative soul and creative soul is the, life force of a creative project. It's the life force of a business. It's the life force of something that's not you. It's your creation. And I I think that it's very sacred and I think it's very um, fun to almost see it as like the creation has its own idea of what it wants to become. And um, so I like to help people to flesh that out, to get in touch with that. And I, I feel like I have a gift for sensing that as well. And so I have ideas about what might be the next steps to break that down. And so I have a lot of this intuitive angle in my work, um, but I, you know, mix with some fun and mix with some structure because a lot of creative people need structure too. But then um, there's just a big old dose of forgiveness with everything because, like I said, I work with people who are doing a lot of things. So sometimes we make this beautiful structure to help them to take step by step towards their goal. And then there's like a big thing with their family that happens or like I just had a call with a singer songwriter who um, she was supposed to do all these really cool things this week, but then her life exploded and she didn't, she didn't really do anything that we had um, talked about her doing last week. So we're going to talk next week and she's going to work on her life this week and that's the dose of forgiveness, and that's just being tuned in to what's really going on in the big picture. So I like to kind of start with the big picture, get a sense of what's going to fit 
the vision of how we want everything to be later on. And we really might need to honor self-care or interruptions or things that happen. So that way the structure doesn't become a reason to beat yourself up. So I kind of mix the structure, feeling out the big vision, as well with a lot of um, emotional awareness of the realities of life. And so I think that's why those people who have a lot going on, um, I'm able to serve them because we just we kind of have to roll with the flow as well as have some kind of grounding. Yeah, I like um, the idea that, you know, having some structure for your creativity. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will resist that structure because they think that their creativity will be negatively affected. And, True. and especially with, I teach screenwriting. And one of the things that I do is teach screenwriting. And, and a lot of times people say, Oh, I don't want to have an outline, it's going to inhibit my creativity. And, uh, and they don't want to have the three act structure that's going to inhibit their creativity. And, uh, and I say to them, I said, but you know, that structure is what holds your creativity. It's like, you can't drink coffee without a cup. Yeah. You know, I actually, I have a good friend who he is, um, he, he hates all that stuff. And, and I, I bought his book when it came out and, um, he told me I was the only one who bought his book. And then I got about, you know, 10%, 15% in. I was like, yeah, I really feel like there's some things you could use to improve the book Mm -hmm. so that more people will enjoy it. I know you want to do a series. Um, but I'm having trouble. It was missing that, three-part structure and it really wasn't drawing me you know so I just very lovingly gave him a little bit of you know maybe you want to go back and do a little work here and um and he was very much like no that's not what I'm about yeah you know I'm I'm throwing I'm against the current it's experimental and it's like really great but like are you getting received though like are you getting received you know so So that's like one of the, that's like an example of what you're saying is like, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to see people get connected with those people who are going to love what they put out. And, and really, I think what people are, are objecting against is a feeling of feeling trapped or feeling constrained. And you seem like the kind of person who, you know, if, if you're helping them with it, you know what I mean? Like if, if somebody can get support so that it can feel better yeah, and they can feel better and they can feel safer and someone can show them like, it doesn't have to be what you think. It's like they bought into the story that yeah. it's gotta suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think you also bring up another important point there that, that if you want to have an audience that you need to make structure your friend, because that's the yeah. sort of common language that we all have. And that's how we understand each other's creativity, because that's creativity, I think is as individual as the person. But if you want to share it and impact other people's lives, you have to f- find that that common language to convey your message. It is. And it's, it's, I mean, that's part of why creativity is so fun because it's so complex because we all have to find that balance where we are honoring this. We're using a language that is shared. Yeah. Like you're saying on every level it's shared Um, or it's not going to land or it's just for ourself. If our intention is just to do it for ourself, you can't go wrong. But if you want to have an audience, you are going to have to balance that common communication. And I think it really comes down to a security in yourself and knowing that you can express your individuality. 
using these shared common things. And you're going to need to have a little bit of resiliency as you navigate that. Yeah. Is there a time in your life where you really felt the negative effects of not being connected to your creativity or creative source? Was it that back before 2009 or was there another time? Yes, it was. And I actually, I think of it as like a 10 year period of time Mm. where, um, I was, uh, I I really enjoyed, you know, reading fiction and writing. I was taking some writing classes and then, and around middle school. So I was getting, getting some good feedback about it, but I noticed that that really shut down around the time that, um, I was introduced to a whole new peer group in middle school and I started to get a little bit of like negative feedback. I started to become targeted for rumors and um and i really shut down i really mm. shut down stepping out and being different right because if you if you're in school and you're just doing what the book says you're safe but creativity is different so that would have exposed me and made me more vulnerable to more rumors more scrutiny really just to feel unsafe. Yeah. So I played it safe and I really didn't write much, not very much at all. And, and, um, even music kind of became uncreative. I was in band, but I would just play the notes, you know, you know, you can just do things by the book. You can be creative, but you can just do it in such a way that you're not, you're not taking any creative risks. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my life for like 10 years. Oh my goodness. So how did you how did you get out of that? Like, what was that aha moment for you when you realized that this has to stop? Something has to change. You know, I think I think it was kind of having like a rock bottom feeling. So I had been playing it by the book for a while and I was doing great in school and I graduated with honors. And I realized afterward that I just felt really bad. You know, I would have thought, yeah, great. The world's my oyster. Fantastic. I'm going to feel great forever. (laughs) But I was sad. You know, I was kind of sad because it was sort of like, wow, that's really the end of the road for book time. (laughs) Oh, dear. I've relied so much on doing things by the book. And I had had an experience where my boss stole from me. So I kind of, you know, I was kind of having these experiences dawning on me that like life isn't really so fair that you always get the A if you do the work. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's like that what was, it seemed safe to do things by the book no longer was fulfilling. There was no more opportunity to do that and have that reward system in place. So in a way it was a gift though. I I really felt a lot of loss. It was like, I felt, um, yeah, I felt so much sadness come up because I think the loss of that was like a support structure, a safety that losing it reminded me of losing my mom when I was very young. And it reminded me of all these times in my life where I've lost things. Mm -hmm. So all this grief welled up in me. And there was a book on my shelf about writing. And so I started pulling it out and I started to kind of do a few of the exercises. And then I ran into a book by Julia Cameron. Yes. And it was actually her mem, one of her memoirs. And she mentioned in there that she did like a three pages a day thing or morning pages. Yeah. So then I got her other book. I got Artist's Way. 
and went through it. And that's, that's really what changed my life, that book. And I started writing every day. And um, she's got such so, so a lot of really good exercises in the book as well. Not just the morning pages, but a lot of inner, inner exploration. So that's, that's when I started to kind of take some risks. And I think there's some little things she gives you assignments. So like um, you start treating yourself like gold to make yourself strong. And um, I remember I started buying berries of all things. I started buying berries as like one little thing I could do to be nice to myself. I was on a low budget. I was at this point volunteering through AmeriCorps. And, um, and there's something about, you know, when you listen to your creativity, when you listen to the things that keep popping up in your writing or um, start to lean into that creative soul that you, you're not going to really know what's going to happen on the other side of that process. But I started to, like, you know, take some of those little creative risks, like spending $4 on some raspberries and realizing that when I eat them, they remind me of being a little kid and being in the forest and, and pulling the, the fresh berries from the bushes and just enjoying them and feeling free. And it gave me this freedom, this free sense of who I am, that I could be more than just a little box. And I could be anyone I wanted to be. I mean, to an extent, I, ha- I have to be me. But I started to feel freer to be the root of who I am and as well as to try out new ways of being in the world, too. And that's the gift that creativity gave to me. When you were talking about the raspberries and uh the memories that are brought up for you, my mouth started watering. And then I was in the forest with you picking those berries. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. (laughs) That was a lovely image. So then you you started making the uh, difference. um, Your life started changing when when you incorporated the the morning pages and, and the artist's dates and 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 whatnot and um did you ever find though that there was a time to move beyond that and I asked this because I also followed um the artist's way and I was pretty religious with my morning pages um and and every every morning I would write for you know my three full pages of just whatever you know because one Mm. of the things that she says is just to get all that yucky stuff out so you can go on and you know have a better day or whatever but I found myself just kind of getting kind of swallowed up with some of that negativity and I wonder, you know, did you ever find that or did you, was it a different experience for you with the morning pages? You know, it is interesting that you bring that up. Um, I think it's a good point. Um, I think of a couple of things. First off, I think of that, you know, anything that's prescriptive is like a one way to do it. I kind of, you know, I kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit just because, you know, we're all going to be different. So morning mm-hmm. pages might not be a life lifelong habit for every single person. And that's can be okay. So, you know, if, if you get your time with it where it was helpful and then you feel like letting it go, then, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she doesn't say that in there because she's, she's a little bit more of a like, everyone should do this all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, she doesn't say that, but I'm, I'm all about, you know, finding your own groove. Mm-hmm. I will say that I have paired it with another tool called emotional freedom technique mm-hmm. I think is really good have you heard of it before? yes I have but do tell us more 
Yeah, so it's a it's actually um, a form of acupressure. So you are using the mind body connection to kind of calm down your body and turn off the fight or flight response or fear. So that way, let's say you're finding yourself writing about um, it could even be a negative dream. I often write about my dreams when mm-hmm. I wake up. Mm-hmm. So then you could say, you know, and that probably got your heart racing. Maybe it's like a bill or maybe it's something else getting your heart racing. Then you can, you've now identified the source and you can then go, you kind of tap on these points on your body, like on top of your head. And that helps to bring down your blood pressure, bring down your heart rate, help you to breathe more deeply. And it actually, it actually creates over time an effect where, you disconnect whatever that thing you wrote down was from all the yucky feelings. So you can actually kind of transform that more quickly. Mm, So I think affirmations are great or writing something over and over again is, but that's not really utilizing your body as much as you could with something like emotional freedom technique. So I think it's a great pair for anything you find in any kind of writing that really gives you a a sour or bad feeling and you'd rather not feel that, (laughs) then you can um, use some other tools. And and of course, there's probably many other mind-body tools out there like meditation or yoga. I think you can use just about anything, but it's just that key of it. If you're feeling it in your body, then you might explore other ways to release that physically as well, um, as as well as writing. But... um, And then the third thing I have is that somebody had asked me, you know, if she said a lot of people said to be a better writer, you want to write a thousand words a day. And she asked, what do I write about? Do I just journal or, and and that brings the point up of, well, if you want to write a certain kind of writing, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to just do morning pages. You know, you, you would want to start working on your manuscript or start working on your scripts or, or start to gain a mastery from writing consistently in whatever genre or kind of writing you want to do so some people just do that yeah yeah um i i like combining the eft with the writing to kind of transform it but also to connect sort of what is a very cerebral thing to your body Mm. um and uh the something else that i've been doing too is um is writing about things that uh, you know, have me annoyed or upset or fearful and, um, and then say, okay, so how can I use this to move forward? You know, to, Ooh, good question. yeah. So, so, uh, you know, it, it's using those kind of negative things. And even if it's from the past, you know, something that comes up from the past, but like, you know, how, how has it helped me be the person I am today? You know, what, what lessons can I learn from it? And so really just kind of, um, reusing it you know for your purposes today instead of letting it um kind of control you that's so beautiful and and to add to the mix another thing i do as well is i write a lot of letters to myself or to parts of myself or you could write letters to people if it involves another person but um you know if there's a part of me that's feeling something i might send it a letter to say, Hey, I'm thinking of you. I love you. What do you need? Or, um, or maybe there's a very wise part of myself asking that part. What can you tell me? How do you, how, how do I solve this problem? Um, that's a really fun way to, um, to take, to define some deeper meaning too. I love that. That is wonderful. I'm definitely going to try that. 
So is there some advice that you've received that you really value about owning your creativity? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this question. And um, what's coming up for me is the whole concept of discipline as a writer. Mm. And, um, you know, because we were talking about morning pages, which, which is a daily practice. I really love daily practices. Um, I know it's probably not right for everyone. But for me, it's a nice grounding habit to get into or at least strive to. Um, whether it's writing or I even got into guitar over the last year, trying to do five minutes a day playing guitar. Um, but there's one thing about it that I think, um, a friend of mine was, I was talking to her about discipline and she was saying how a lot of people have a story about it, that they don't have enough discipline. Mm. And I hear that a lot from people, um, and, and in talking to people who even, you know, maybe not aren't, aren't my clients, but they're talking about their writing or something they're passionate about, I tend to have this effect on people where they start to get clear on, oh, I, re- oh, I thought I was going to write about this, but you know what I really want to write about? Mm-hmm. I really want to write about this. And maybe it's like what my parents did back in the day. Oh, wow. Okay. And the next thing I hear, it's like clockwork. The next thing I hear it comes out of their mouth is, but I don't have enough discipline. (laughs) And it makes me so sad because in my world, like in my head, I'm hearing, well, I don't feel like I have enough resources inside, so I'm not going to try. And I think everyone does, you know, because I think that we're all, um, and I know it's... I think that we all have enough of something to take the next step forward and we make too much of things. So it's like that old saying of like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time right? type of thing. And I think that we overthink stuff with the whole story about, do we have enough discipline? And uh, sometimes we just have to walk around things rather than face them head on and you know the whole concept of discipline just it can be very very sticky especially for people starting so in some ways I kind of feel like just pretend you're an ostrich and just like duck and just take one bite (laughs) (laughs) just forget about that word and then just 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 try to do something Um, because a lot of people have ideas they never even try to do a lot of people want to write a book and they they've been thinking about it for 10 years and and that that really like gets me upset um especially if it's the discipline thing so I love the advice of one bite at a time (laughs) yeah like five minutes a day (laughs) right or or even five minutes this month and five minutes next month I mean eventually it'll add up Mm -hmm. especially if you've been thinking about it for 10 years you know yeah definitely so what's one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success you know what? Um, what's coming up for me right now, and I, I'm really into habits. I love them, so I've got a bunch. But what's coming up for me right now is celebrating, ah. and it's that same, um, it's that same kind of tightness around like, am I enough or am I doing enough? I, I'm always trying to do more stuff, and so I, I have to use this as a reminder to like have fun with it. You know, have fun. Like you did it. You. You did a sentence, you know, you did a paragraph, you did like, especially if we're working on something long term. Yeah. Like, um, like I'm, I've been working on a book for the last three years. And so there's always more to do. 
And as soon as I finish one thing, I can think, okay, great. Well, next I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And the problem is that after a while, that's really not very fun. Like <laughs> there's no payoff. Like if you somebody yeah. just wrote a short story, they would get that instant like, yes, I did it. I'm done. You know, now I can go post this somewhere or publish it or do something. And and um, there's, I think that's why blogging is so popular because it's like, short stuff it's instant you get to put it out people see it so fun so if you're behind the scenes doing something um yeah you gotta you gotta like manufacture opportunities to celebrate and one thing i have is i have a jar so later today i'm planning to write on a little piece of paper like i'm so excited you know i went through chapter nine for like the 20th time and (laughs) (laughs) that's done and i'll put that in the in the little jar, and then I might add a little dance or some kind of physical movement to like be like, yeah. And um, some, you know, and you might think about what do you do to celebrate other things that are exciting? Do you do a dance? Do you do a little victory lap? Do you do like a hands in the air? Yes. Do you go out for a margarita? Um, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a, a person, and it could be a, a living person or not, that inspires you to be creative? Um, you know what? I think it's my mom, you know, and, and she inspires me because she passed away when she was about 29, which is how old I am. Mm. And I really feel like I'm very interested in the whole concept of grief and loss and how it relates to creativity. I could probably talk about that for two hours, but, um, I think that it creates very rich soil for fertilizing our next creative moves. So even loss can be beautiful in that way. And I think she reminds me that you don't have all the time in the world. You've got to get something going because you just can't control what's going to happen. So I'm very glad to be one of those people who actually did some stuff. And, 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 you know, and part of it was coming from a little bit of like fear and ticking time clock thing. So everything's a balance, but just really, I really have felt motivated to do stuff. And so I'm, I'm not saying I've had this idea for 10 years and I just haven't done anything about it. You know, I've, yeah. I've, I've got stuff I'm working on and it's because of her. Beautiful. Thank you. So do you have a favorite work of art? It can be any type of art. Yeah. You know what I do? I do have it and it's, it's a really long poem, so I couldn't read it now, but there's a book by, um, um, I think it's the name of the book, but it's also the name of a poem and it's called The Dream of a Common Language by Adrian Rich. It's a really beautiful poem. It's about four pages long, though, so I think it's it's pretty long. What do you but, like about it? You know what? I think it's that it's like what we were talking about before, about how there is this common language. And, and I actually grew up bilingual because my mother was Italian, like from Italy, and my dad's American. So I grew up here, but... Um, kind of out the gate, I, it was originally a dual language situation. And then um, she she did pass. And so I had to just get used to English, kind of forgot my Italian. And so I'd go over to Italy to see my family and just really appreciate having a common language, just really appreciating that, how, um, and how interesting it is that like other languages have this whole different like worldview and like different way of describing the same things. And, and it really gave me that awareness that like, 
me and you might be talking about totally different things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, how do you really connect? Like, how do you really get to know somebody? When you have a language barrier, it's like, it's like you can know someone, but are they getting your sense of humor? Mm-hmm. Are they seeing how beautiful it is, the way that you choose your words carefully? Are they appreciating that as much as they could? Is there something missing there? And like that dream of eliminating all the missing things and just having that common language and like really sitting down in front of a metaphorical fire and like having this bonding, this connection. And and I'm about like, I want to feel that way with as many people as possible <laughs> for as long as possible because that sounds great. And the thing that I love about knowing multiple languages, and I don't, I, I know a little bit of French um, and uh, obviously English, but uh, the thing that, that I love about it is that, that you actually, I feel, become more human the more languages that you know because mm. there are some things that, aren't translatable and you will only know those ideas and those feelings if you know that language so yeah that is so true yeah I can think of a few things like that like when I was a little kid there were some Italian words I always remembered because they were just so cool and um and my my aunt said I would I, I was a very strange child because I would be running around mixing my Italian and my English with (laughs) you know and um it was a very strange combination. And there are some words that are just, just really fun to say in Italian. Like the word for bat is one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Like the, the Halloween bats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pipistrello. Pipistrello. <laughs> I just thought it was so cute. <laughs> Do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? A favorite quote? Hmm. You know what? I think I think I don't have a favorite quote um, because I have I have a really hard time like putting one above the other because they're um, they're you know they're so unique for different situations. But I, I am but is coming to mind is Mark Twain mm-hmm. where he talks about fear is not the ab you know courage is not the absence of fear and um, and understanding that we can have fears in our life and we can still be courageous I think it's really um forgiving (laughs) because I'm always going to be afraid of things and uh, for a long time in those 10 years where I shut down my creativity I really um I really was in a in a hard place with myself expecting so much and it was it wasn't until I did my first open mic um and I was trembling and my voice was like all you know choking me and I was there with my poem and I just chose the first spot because I figured then I won't have to sit around being scared I'll just get it over with <laughs> and knowing that like that's still courage yeah thank you Mark Twain yeah well thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today it's been really interesting chatting with you and um and it's great to talk to uh, a fellow writer about all these writerly things. <laughs> yeah. It is and, so wonderful. And so is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience before we wrap up? I think well one thing I would like to share is um a couple of weeks ago I was I was teaching a writing class and then a few I noticed this pattern of people coming up to me 
And there were a few people who had for many years been thinking about writing either letters to their parents who have passed away or stories about um, them or stories that involve some loss. And so I just wanted to note that for anyone who has been holding on to this, this idea of something to do, and if there's any, they should know that if there's anything going on with a loss or grief, that we tend to get into a self-blame mode sometimes as part of that process. Like grief has like five different emotions and one of them is blame. I notice that writers, we do this to ourselves. We, we put it on ourselves, and that gets in the way of being able to to do it. Um, so I just I just invite everyone to be really forgiving and to give yourself a chance to to just explore and to um, use their their note pages as a way to grow deeper deep you know more close to themselves and to explore what they really need. And if if there is a project that hasn't come out of you in like ten years and you kind of feel bad about it. Like maybe try to explore like what do you need? Like what's going to help nurture you in a more gentle way to feel ready for that? Because maybe it's just really hard or there's some painful stuff or, you know, I just I just wouldn't want anyone to feel bad. Like they don't have enough discipline, and et cetera. And instead see it as an opportunity to take really good care of yourself and give yourself what you need to grow. And how can people find out uh, more about you or do you have a website people can go to? I do. My website is sophiaren.com and I spell Sophia with an F because I'm fabulous. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it's Ren like the bird. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Are you feeling a lack of engagement or connection with your clients? It might be that you're telling the wrong story in your marketing content. If you want to know more about the most common mistakes that entrepreneurs make and how to avoid them, sign up at bit.ly forward slash story report. That's bit.ly forward slash story report to find out more and stop making these costly mistakes. 